before I close, I just want to ask you to keep doing Jeremiah 32, 26 and 27. I think Pastor Leslie read this earlier. Love you, Brown family. Love y'all. Jeremiah 32, 26. Wow. You know, we've been studying for the last three weeks on prayer. What did we learn about Elijah? Some of y'all went all the way. He, he was a man like who? But he prayed. What did he pray for? What happened? It didn't rain? How long? Did he pray that it would rain again? Did it rain immediately? No, it didn't rain immediately. What did he do? Kept on praying. And then eventually, what happened? Boy, didn't it rain. You ought to read the rest of that. Where he ran, outran a chariot. That's some powerful stuff. It rained eventually. We learned a lot about prayer. But that's the basis of what we've been learning. That people in the Bible are not better than us. I think that was like the first thing we needed to get down. Say this with me. People in the Bible are not better than us. Well, I mean Jesus, but that goes without saying. <laughs> I didn't think I had to say that. But other than that, other than that, they're like us. Highs and lows, ups and downs. Have faith on Monday, struggle on Tuesday. <laughs> Amen. Just like us. Just like us. Just like us. Jeremiah 32, 26 through 27. Let's go. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? This is the question that he poses to Jeremiah. Is there anything? And notice, if you're reading a King James, that the word anything is not one word. When I, when I was uh, typing it into my Word document, it wanted to combine any and thing. It, it, it came up saying, this is wrong. This is grammatically incorrect. You have to put them together. But the scripture didn't. So, is there any thing too hard for me? Not anything in the general is there anything specifically too hard for me? So is, is this thing too hard? Is that thing too hard? Is that thing you lose and sleep over too hard? See? Is there any thing too hard for me? Of course the answer is no. Then we go to Mark 9.23, building the foundation, okay? Mark 9.23. Is there anything too hard for God? Is there? Y'all sure now? Pastor Leslie put some things in the atmosphere, and y'all said, no, these things are not too hard for God. But what we want to avoid 
is just saying that because we're in church. We want to avoid our faith being on 10 while we're amongst other believers and then going down because we're alone. And we're left to face life by ourselves. Anybody ever had to face life by yourself? Raise your hand if you're in the building. If you ever had to face life by yourself, that's when your faith is most needed. So we need you to, to really believe that there is no thing too hard for God, even when you don't have anybody to help you remember that. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said unto him, he's speaking to a father whose son is falling on the ground and, and, and having epileptic type fits, and, and there's nothing he can do for him, and the disciples were down there trying to, trying to get that demon out of the boy, get that spirit out of the boy, and, and they couldn't do it. Nine disciples against one spirit. And the spirit won. They couldn't, they couldn't do nothing with him. And Jesus was up there with three of his guys, and they come down. And, and the man said, if you can help me. And, and Jesus says, Jesus says, uh, if you canst believe, all things are, say it, possible. To who? Oh, there, there's the catcher. So let's read it again. If thou canst all things are possible to who? So I want you to say this. All things, All things are, possible are possible to me, to me. If, I believe. if I believe. Possible. Let's not focus on all things. Let's focus on the weightiness of the word Possible. I have some definitions for you. Able to be done. All things are able to be done. <laughs> to him that what? Hmm. Possible means can be, exist, or happen. All things can be, exist, yeah. or happen yeah. to him that, I didn't know they were up there. All things have potential. That's good stuff. For those who, it also means being within the limits of ability capacity, or realization. This fifth one, though, I struggle with. It means, it says, capable of happening, existing, or being true without contradicting proven facts, natural laws, or circumstances. So what this definition is saying is possible is limited. That it can only be possible if it does not contradict a proven fact. If it does not contradict natural law. And if it does not contradict circumstances. That is the only way something is possible. Here's our issue. God obviously doesn't know this definition. But we do. Yes. 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 
and our knowing this definition limits how we pray. It holds us back because we place too many limits on what is possible. We've been told by too many people what can't happen. So that messes with, poisons our faith for what we believe can happen. So we come to a place like this where this is a faith church. Somebody said this is a faith church. A faith. Now, and the thing, we're a balanced faith church though. But when it comes to believing what God is able to do, there are no limits to what we believe God can do. But we believe that in here, but when we leave out of here, then we run into what we think are limits. Doctors, attorneys, professionals, scholars, people on TV, people in our family, people we work with, all telling us what can't be done. And we're locked in to thinking that, 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 that if something has been proven to be too hard, it can't be done. And if a natural law has got to be reversed... It can't be done. But you answer me this. How many people make water turn into wine? <laughs> Tell me this. Tell me how many people make wine with no grapes? I thought grapes were a part of the process. I feel like we're going to have church in here today. I thought you had to have grapes to make wine. I thought it had to age. I thought it had to age in barrels. That were made specifically, but, but Jesus turned water. Didn't squish nothing, didn't step on nothing, didn't let nothing age, just poured water out. Uh, it goes against natural law to walk on water. But he did it. The question is, do you believe what he did? And do you believe that if he did it then? Huh. All things are possible. So this whole thing about it can happen is capable of happening. I like that part and I was with them. Capable of happening. All things are capable of happening to them who believe. All things are capable of existing for those who believe. All things are capable of being true for those who believe. But... It cannot contradict proven facts, natural law, or circumstances. It just can't. So y'all church people, y'all believers, forget it. That's what, that's what this definition is telling you. Now go on and shout and all that and get happy, but when you go to the real world, possibilities are limited. That's all around us. Every day, somebody telling us what can't be done. Right. 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 <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That can't be done. You can't preach to people and their life change. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ask some of the people in this room. Amen. Some of these people we ain't slapped with oil in a long time. Oh, my God. <laughs> and their lives have changed. You can't do it unless you lay hands on them. Oh, yeah? yeah. 
y'all need to stop. Hmm. The question we must ask now is what are we being challenged to believe? He says to the Father, he says, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that what? Believe. Believe what? Are we being challenged to believe that what we can believe for will happen? Or are we being challenged to believe in God? See, religion has taught us just believe for what you believe in for until what you believe in for happens. So I'm believing for this new car with no payments. I'm believing that if I walk on the lot, he's just going to give it to me. And we leave disappointed. <laughs> because we're believing in what we're believing in. We, but we don't believe in God. We're putting our faith in our faith. In our ability to believe. So when we pray... We're praying really to the thing instead of God. Yeah. No, my faith is not in my faith because my faith trips sometimes. Can I get somebody yeah. on the right side of the church yeah. to yeah. wave your hands at me? Yeah. If you ever had your faith to kind of trip on you. What about right here in this section right here? Can I get anybody in the house? To, oh, maybe just two people. Over here, can I get somebody to? Oh, it's more of them over here. How about over yonder by the window? Hey, Lord. Sometimes our faith just be tripping. So we can't trust our ability to believe. Because we have a high ability to believe for some stuff, apostle. Let something real hard come. Let something unfamiliar come. <laughs> then, we say, oh, oh, Lord. Now I got to go get Elder Smith. I got to find Elder Darian. Where are they? They got to pray for me. W wait a minute. Because we're trusting in our ability to believe to make things happen. No. You have to trust in God and his ability to make it happen. Because nothing is too hard for him. So I, I forgot to give the topic. The topic is simply the question that answers impossibility. The question that answers impossibility. Here's the question. Do you believe? That's good. So in Mark... 923 in the Amplified, Jesus said to him, you say to me if you can. So, so he says, can, if you can, do something for me. So Jesus says, all things are possible to the one who believes and trusts, and, and, and there it is, in what? Me. Th that's what he says, you have to put your faith. He says, you have to put your faith in him. So all things are possible for those who believe and put their trust where? In him. Not in their faith. In their ability to pray. I pray good. Remember we talked about getting a prayer through? 
What in the world does that mean? No, we have to believe in what? Him. He got to be the focal point of our faith, the, the, the place we put our faith. So when we pray, we put our faith where? In him. We're going to be like, like Sarah. We'll all be walking around with what we've been believing for when we trust in him, who, uh, that he's faithful, who promised. That's how she got pregnant. She got pregnant because she trusted in him who promised that he was what? Faithful. She was relying on God being God. And that's how we're going to receive what we get, by relying on the fact that God is God and that he can't lie and that he's not a man and that he's not limited and that there's nothing too powerful to keep him from doing whatever he wants to do in your life. That when God decides he wants to move in your world, God will move in your world. It doesn't matter what the circumstances might be. If God wants to touch you, he'll touch you. It doesn't matter what your doctor said. It doesn't matter what he said you're going to be like for the rest of your life. If God decides that he wants to move right in front of your doctor so he wants to bless Blow your doctor's mind. God will do it. And your doctor's diagnosis can't stop it. And see, people say we're foolish for believing. We're foolish for believing. But Mother Alberta Trapio, my grandmama, who I love, we went to her house. We laid hands on her foot. We prayed for her toe. The doctor said to Portia, tell your grandmother she got to get that thing taken off. It's going to go bad. It's not going to heal. The doctor said that. But Portia said, I will not tell my grandmama to do that because she believes that God will heal it. And do you know, Mother said the presence of God. God fell in her bedroom, and I want to report to you, check her foot. Check her foot. The toe is still there. There is nothing too hard for my God. And she went to the doctor, and he didn't even want to see her. He refused to see her. Sent somebody else. Because he didn't want to see the toe that was still there. That was healed. We didn't believe that our touching the foot did anything. We didn't believe because we touched the foot. Huh? We believe because we asked the God who could heal the foot to heal the foot. He created healing in her foot that helped her to keep her toe. The report is God did that. And to God be all the glory. That's why our faith can't do nothing. Because if it was our prayer life, our faith, our ability, our faith in our faith, then we could take the glory. His system is set up where all glory goes to him. If it's going to be done, it's going to be because God did it. I have to hurry. Somebody say nothing is too hard for God. A guy named R.T. France says that this idea places the emphasis where it should be. 
on the unlimited power of God in whom faith is placed. It rules out suggestion that any force can be too much for our God. So if the devil has been messing with you, I want to let you know there's some good news today. He can't stop God. Oh, you're going to clap right there. He can't. He can't. Would somebody look over at your neighbor and tell him the devil can't stop God? Ooh, with God on your side. Somebody say, I got God on my side. With God on your side. <laughs> somebody shout in here. Oh, the devil does not have a. So when you go to work, don't worry about the haters. When you clock in tomorrow, don't worry about what people said about your boss and how nasty your boss was and, and what people say about how the boss treat folk. With God on your side. <laughs> I believe God's bigger than your boss. I believe that God can touch the heart of your boss. Oh, how many believers do I have in here? And that your boss will be better to you than they ever been to anybody. Somebody say, I got God on my side. I got God on my side. My question is, what, what, what in Sam Hill are you believing in? See, see, your belief systems, your belief systems are poisoned by the limits. The limits of what you see. The limits of what you feel. The limits of what other people said. The limits of your past experiences. God's bigger than your limits. I'm trying to help us get to the point that when we get on our knees to pray. When we go to the bathroom to pray. When we go to the break room to pray. When we go to our car on our lunch break to pray. That we blow the roof off of prayer. And we take the limits off. Because all our lives we've been limited. Get out off that car before you hurt yourself. You don't have enough money to go to college. You're going to have to get a loan. You're going to always owe somebody. Right? People have been preaching limits at us all our lives. Now we have to fight through limits. Somebody say I'm about to blow the roof off in prayer. Ever since I studied that thing about Bartimaeus, I don't know what church he went to, but if it was still here, I'd be a member. If Bartimaeus' church still existed, I'd be a member. I promise you, I'd be watching the podcast. I would. Bartimaeus was blind. Jesus comes to him and says, what do you want? Now, it's a bunch of stuff he could have asked for. Well, I didn't want a walking cane. I want an assistant to help me around. I want a car and a driver. I want a maid. I want a cook. That dude said, I want my sight. You know how big that is to ask for? Without hesitation. I want to see, Bubba. Well, you asked. And that is exactly why we don't have, Pastor. Because we're scared. 
because we ask, and then if we do ask, we ask with limits. Well, Lord, I just want to feel better. I just want to be able to get out of the bed today, Lord Jesus. Just get me out of the bed so I can go to work and I can do what I need to do, Lord Jesus. Just get me out of bed. Oh, Lord Jesus. No, how about heal me? Restore me. Take everything out of my body, out of my system that doesn't belong. Cause everything to function at higher levels than it ever has in my entire life. Save my husband. Fill him with the Holy Ghost. We're scared to go big. Then we get mad at people who go big. Because we want to go big. But we're scared. There'll be people who see this video, Dawn, and they'll say, that man is foolish. They're just some things God can't do. For you, ma'am or sir, he can't do them for you because he can't operate where there's no faith. There's a city Jesus went to and he could do few miracles. He did a few. One here, one there. Couldn't find nobody to believe. Jesus liked faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Because those who come to him must first, come on y'all, believe that he is. And that he is a what? Come on, rewarder of them which diligently seek him. woman had such great faith, Jesus said, Lord, have mercy. I ain't never seen faith like this in Israel. Girl, you can have it. And, and look at how he said you can have it. Just like you believe for it. However you formulate it in your little mind, he said, you can have it just like that. Because I like when I see faith. He love, oh, he love it when people believe in him. Ask him for the big stuff. He loves it. Well, it does something to him, boy. Makes him want to move when he sees somebody believing in him. Huh? Oh, God. I'm all off the chart. I, I got to, Lord, have mercy. Jesus. Y'all with me? Let, me? let me go ahead to the text so we can go. We can go. We can go to the house. I know y'all got some chicken waiting on you. John 11. John 11, 1 through 7. I want to read some things. I'm going to read a lot. But, and, and, then we're, and then we're gonna, we just, I'm gonna read a lot and I'm not gonna say anything else because the Holy Spirit already took me. Yeah, so I'm not gonna make no promises. So here we go. 11, 1 through 7. Are you ready? John 11, 1 through 7. Now, a certain man was sick. What's his name? Lazarus. Where does he live? Bethany. It's the town of Mary and her sister Martha, okay? It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. That's a good thing. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness, what? Is not unto death. What is it for? The glory of God. Why? That the Son of God may be glorified through it. So he says, okay, he, he's not sick unto death. Everything's okay. This sickness is for the glory of God so that I can be glorified through it. Okay? So this is what he's saying. All right, now, verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved all three of them. So when he heard about, heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. And then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. Now, it says he loved them, so you would think that if he loved them, he'd get them and go now. 
That, that, that's funny how it said, it tells us he loved Mary, her sister Martha, and Lazarus, so he stayed two more days where he was. That don't sound like love. I understand, see, that don't sound. So, see, here's the thing I want to tell you. Sometimes when you call on God and you say, I know you love me, he might not come immediately. So, see, we pray and we look for immediate gratification. We pop on our prayer in the microwave. No. Doesn't work that way. Sometimes we have to wait. Just tap your neighbor and say, sometimes you have to wait. And nobody can tell you how long that wait is. Here's the thing for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They didn't know how long it was going to be before Jesus came. Even the people with him didn't know. I don't know if Jesus knew. Because Jesus said he only did what the Father told him to do. So Jesus just said, I'm going to sit here until my daddy tells me to move. And when he got the word, he said, okay, let's go. So we're going to skip all that stuff with Thomas and them. We ain't going to talk about that. We, let's go die. We're going to verse uh, 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb how long? Four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brothers. So all of the mourners came. All of the mourners. Somebody say, all of the mourners came. All of the mourners came and gathered around them because, oh, everything's going bad. So now Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now don't think that she's being disrespectful. She's not. She's making a statement of fact. She's saying, I know that if you were here, Lazarus would be alive, man. That's how, strong, that's how much I believe in you. But she said, see, if you had been here. See, there's a limit now. There's a limit. If you had been here. So she's saying, see, see, if you had been here, you could have stopped this from happening. But I'm not sure about what you can do now. Mm. Stay with me. Stay with me. Okay. All right. Let me see. No, 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 no. Okay. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. But she's not talking about resurrection. So even in her grief, she's saying, I still believe. I still believe, so I'm shook. My brother died. I'm hurt, but I have not lost faith in you. You came, you came what I perceive to be late, but I still believe in you. I still believe you can ask God for something and God can move. All right, but she's not being specific, is she? She's just saying whatever. All right, so verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. That's good news. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection when? At the last day. Now, Jesus says something really powerful to her now. He says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Here's the question. Do you believe this? So she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are who? The Christ. Come on. What else? The son of God who has come into this world. So she said, yeah, yeah, I believe, man. I believe. I believe that, yeah, that's, that's exactly who you are. And you are, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting on. You are the son of God who's coming to this world. So, so when she said these things, she went on her way and secretly, psst, Mary, come, 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 come here, come here. Secretly. Because yeah. a whole bunch of mourners in the house. Yeah. You got to be careful now. Yeah. Uh, you got to be careful. 
Don't, don't, come, don't come in there telling everybody, Jesus is here. Because, because you know what the mourners will do, Elder Smith? The mourners, they, they say, well, you need to leave Jesus alone. You know ain't nothing Jesus can do. Your brother dead, graveyard dead. He been dead for four days. Ain't nothing Jesus can do for him. Now leave Jesus alone. Come on in here and cry with us. Isn't it something how people want you to cry with them? I've been telling y'all for years, you got to watch your company when you're in a place where you're believing. When you are in the fight of your life, when you're in the struggle of your life, when you believe in God for something that looks impossible, you have to be careful of the company you keep. Because some people are a deterrent to faith. They don't mean to be. They think they're helping you. They don't want, I don't want you to get hurt. Because I believed one time. One time. So just because you believed and quit, you want me to believe and quit. Now you want me to sit in the mourner's corner. I wasn't born to mourn. I was born to conquer. I was born to live the exceeding and abundant life. Elder Smith taught us about a life I plan to live. Elder Smith said Wednesday, we were made for abundance. You living in anything less is your choice. Amen. The devil didn't do it, and God is not withholding from you. It's your decision. Have you made the decision today when you woke up? I'm going to have God's best. I've got to go back. I'm sorry. Y'all forgive me. All right. So where am I? Where am I? Okay. And so as soon as she heard that, she rose quickly. And uh, she, she said, she, no, no, no. She secretly, psst, come here. And the teacher has come, and it's calling for you. The teacher's calling for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the town. So they went out of town to where Jesus was. He hadn't made it in the city yet, but was in the place where, where Martha met him. So he was still in the same spot. He has a habit of hanging around in the same place. I just noticed that. Okay. So the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, they followed her. All right, so, so they saw her jump up because she heard Jesus with it. Now, see, you know what? Hey, glory to God, I just saw something. She heard Jesus was near town and jumped up. He wasn't even in the city yet. She, Lazarus is dead, Jesus is here, and the morning just went away. Y'all will get it later. When you get home, you can you get home sitting out at that plate, it's, it's gonna hit you. And you're gonna say, Jesus is here. Okay, anyway, I'm gonna move on. Okay. So they, so they so they so they so they she said, they, listen to what the mourner said, because they don't have they don't have any any uh, Denise, they don't have any any idea of big faith, right? They say she's going to the tomb to weep there. So we'll go with her to weep some more. We're gonna go help Mary weep. <laughs> so we all go into the graveside and weep. No, 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 this is what they said. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, they should, same thing, same faith. My brother would not, what, have died. So she said, I believe that if you were physically here, there's no way death could have taken my brother. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews came with her weeping, 
Yeah, mother. He groaned in spirit and was what? Troubled. And he said, where have you what? Laid him. They said to him, Lord, come and see. What? Jesus what? Well, so they thought Jesus joined them. Oh, he's, oh, he's one of us. He's a weeper. See, see, that's what they were thinking. They thought Jesus joined them. Oh, Jesus wept. And they said, oh, see how he loved him. Listen to what they said. See how he loved him. And then some other people in the back, because there's always those people, they say, well, shoot, if he could, if he, what did he say? I want to read it right. Uh, 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 some said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Oh, you sickening people. So, so, they say, so some people say, oh, see how he loved him. Say, oh, he could have done something about it. He, he's supposed to be so bad. He's supposed to be Jesus now. And so Jesus goes, he's weeping, and, 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 and he's really weeping because of them. Yeah. <laughs> he loved Lazarus, but he said Lazarus' sickness wasn't unto death. So he wasn't crying for Lazarus. Lazarus was coming back. <laughs> he was crying for them because they had no faith. They had given up. It troubled him that they gave up so fast. So, so, so look at this. Look at this. Look, you ready? You ready? So Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. So imagine there's a cave, a tomb, not like where we go, okay? It's not like, you know, not like we do. It was a cave, and sometimes the cave would be uh, where you could just walk in, and sometimes the cave would be like, like slide it in, you know what I'm saying? And so it had a, a big stone on the outside. That's how they locked it and sealed it so nobody could get in and get the body, you feel me? And so it took several men to move the stone out of the way. And that's why the miracle of Jesus uh, is so powerful. Because there wasn't no several men to roll the stone away. Yeah. Anyway, and so, 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 the body, so, the, so the body would be behind the stone. So he walks up to the, to the thing, right? And he gets there, and it's in the cave. And, and he says, take away the stone. And so I can imagine, they're like, well, what you want to take the stone away for? But okay. He, he, so, so the guys get in position to move the stone. And so here comes Martha. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, but Lord, by this time, there is a stench. For he has already been dead, how long? Four days. So Jesus said to her, did not I say unto you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Girl, didn't we just talk about faith? We just had a conversation about faith. You said you believed in me. You said you believed I was the son of God. Now you're telling me about stench. You're trying to limit me. Okay, let's keep going. So they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, listen to what he said. Father, I thank you that you have heard me in the past. And I know that you always hear me in the present. I like that stuff. He said, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this. So I said this to help them. I don't need no help. I, I already know what you can do. I know all I got to do is ask you. Just like I did with the loaves and the fish. Oh, Jesus. I know all I got to do is believe you. Like when I calm the storm. I need a church with me right here. I know all I need is you to move like when I touched the widow of Nain's son and he got up. 
All I need is for you to move. I don't need no help, but I need to help these folk around me. Watch him, watch him now. What, 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 what do you say? What do you say? That day, that day, I said this so that they would believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. Oh, God. What did he say? Lazarus, what? Come forth. That's something. Now, now, see, I would have said Lazarus arise from the dead. That's what I would have said. But Jesus skips all of that. Because he ought to have been taking steps. Lazarus, come back from the dead. Lazarus, get up off your tomb. Lazarus, come forth out of the grave. Jesus skipped all that and said, come here. <laughs> and y'all remember, Andrew, remember we were little. The pastor said he had to call Lazarus' name. Y'all act like y'all didn't grow up in church. Come on, all of y'all who grew up in church, stand up on your feet. Because you know he said that if he didn't call Lazarus, everybody. <laughs> and you know what? I believe that thing. I believe if he had just said, get up. Everybody to come walking out of that thing. Y'all sit down, sit down. I love preaching at this church. Y'all are great, man. No, for real though. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And could you imagine what the people were looking? Oh, tell the truth, shame the devil. If y'all went somewhere. Oh, tell the truth now, come on. Y'all went to the graveside, come on. And somebody just stepped up and said, so so. Y'all be like, come on. Y'all know it, y'all know it. Y'all be like, look at this fool here. Look at Talking about comfort. Oh, y'all. Y'all like, like y'all wouldn't be looking at him like they're crazy. Y'all be like, this joker done lost his ever-loving mind. You know why we say that? Limits. But if he did it before, do it again. Same God right now. Same God back then. Oh, we like that song. But are we hearing the words? You mean to tell me? That 2017 is a limit for God? That he can only do that in the Bible times? Yeah. Look at this. Let me, let me, let me. Let's close. Let's close. Let's close. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. He wasn't like a mummy. When they put him in, they would take the linens and they would lay the man on the linens, head to foot linens. Then they would take the linen and pull it over the body, head to foot, and pull it back around and then wrap it at the feet and then wrap his arms next to his body and then put what they call a sweat cloth across his face. 
And that's how they wrapped him. And they, they, they sealed him up in, 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 in fragrant scents. Not to, not to embalm him, but to keep down the smell. And so that's why she said he's been dead four days. He will stink. Because even with the stuff we put on him, we can't stop the natural process. We can't stop the natural process. It is a proven fact that if you've been dead four days, your body starts to decompose. Natural fact. And, and so, so it's a fact. Isn't it a fact? And it is also a fact that if you're dead, unless you use something, you can't bring them back. Four days. So Jesus called his name and told him to come forth. And everything that had started had to stop. And then systems had to reverse. <laughs> Blood had to stop flowing again. Heart had to start beating again. Kidneys had to start working again. Liver had to kick in again. Veins had to reinflate. Eyes had to open. Muscles had to firm up. And he comes walking out. And you know what Jesus says? Loose him. He won't be needing. He won't be needing that stuff anymore. So I have some questions as we close. Three questions I need to ask y'all, and we're going home, okay? Remember that last definition of possible? Can we get that back? Read it with me. Capable of happening, existing, or being true without contradicting proven facts, natural laws, or circumstances. You all remember that? We went over that at the beginning, right? Does raising a man from the dead who had been dead for four days contradict proven facts, natural laws, or circumstances? Did Jesus do it? Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you, thank you for what you ministered to us today. Proven facts, natural laws, and circumstances can't stop you. So we can believe for the impossible. What people say is impossible. We can believe for that. Because you've already proven time and time again you can do it. So, God, today I pray that we'll take the limits off and we'll believe you for the big things. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.